Hello, everybody. Let's give it a couple seconds to make sure we're live. Hello, hello. Hello, world. Uh. <laughs> Looks like we are live. Very so good. Go get going. Let's see here. We have a comment from Gary waiting for the stream to go live. Hey, Gary. If you're out there, welcome. Thanks for joining in. Yeah, thanks for waiting. So this is the Blind Tech Adventures podcast and YouTube channel, and we are going live. This is Thursday, the 12th. Yeah, that's May 12th. Yeah. That's when this thing is going live. And we have some mystery guests with us. They're going to introduce themselves shortly. They're, uh, they're going to talk about this very cool, innovative, new method of teaching Braille and learning Braille. And I think this, is, uh, this can be a, a lot of fun for some people. Then, uh, so this is a little bit different from our usual format, then we're going to circle back around. We'll talk about the news. There were just a couple of things announced this week, or maybe a lot more than that, <laughs> with some company called Google. A big couple, yeah. And uh, so we'll, we'll talk about that, and uh, then we'll do a demo of the sound recorder app in Windows that was just released to the Insider Build. And uh, we'll finish up with more talk about dots. So we'll chow on Braille today. Yeah. And uh, Austin wants to know if we've heard the TV show. Press your luck. No, sorry, I'm not a TV person. Have you ever heard this I know show? that one. Uh, Old game right. show. Well, uh, let's go ahead and get going. So we're going to introduce our guests to start off with, our, our mystery guests. And uh, so get your popcorn, get your movie, get your whatever you need to enjoy the show, get your beverage, get your cuddle partner, Yeah. Let's let's have a good time. All right. So let's see. Who's first in the alphabet? Julie looks like first in the alphabet. You want to introduce yourself? Sure, sure. Hello, everyone. My name is Julie Harrison, and I have been a music therapist teacher at the Colorado School for the Deaf and the Blind for about 18 years. And I even had um, Nimmer when he was in middle school in my uh, music classes. So I'm just really proud to say that. And um, You're he, alive. <laughs> and I think I know he was wonderful. I think she had to leave for a while. And, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and um, I well, actually, it. I left, so that's probably why she's survived. <laughs> oh, no, he's an amazing student. I'm just so proud of him now, too. Okay, and um, Keith, why don't you introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, I'm the developer behind the the app, and I started coding way in the back in the mid 1990s when I did a joint physics and computer science degree in South Africa, and that's kind of where I started coding. And that's why I ended up doing the doing the kind of nuts and bolts behind the app. Excellent. And then we've got uh, Sharon. <coughs> yes, sorry, I'm going to be coughing a lot. There's a lot of fires going on out here today. Uh, um, that was Kurt last week. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Keep, keep the train going. Um, so hi, I'm Sharon Kay. I started out at the School for the Deaf and the Blind in Colorado as Julie's music therapy intern. Um, and then got the opportunity to become the preschool teacher. And it's my the end of my fourth year in that position. And I um, get the opportunity to use tonal braille, which we'll be talking about with my kids to teach them braille. And it's been a lot of fun. Very nice. 
Excellent. Quentin is here with us. Hello, Quentin. Glad to see hey, you here. Quentin. Austin wants to know how to tell. Austin, you always have some interesting questions <laughs> for us, but let's get to some of these questions after the, <laughs> the, uh, the presentation. All right. Uh, but thanks for your question there. And um, all right, let's go ahead and get started. So what is this? Uh, I first encountered this through uh, a Facebook post. And uh, it came through, and I don't even remember who shared it. I think uh, maybe you shared it, uh, Julie, and then, or maybe it was through the School for the Blind. I have no idea. Anyway, I saw this, and I was like, oh, this is really cool. And uh, it seems to me like a very innovative new uh, or, or way of teaching Braille. I don't know that, how new it is, but uh, it seems really innovative and probably helps out a lot of people, especially those who have some inclination for music and uh which there a lot of blind people seem to yeah so um do you want to tell us a little bit or somebody wants to tell us something about how this project got going and what it even is i'm just referencing some project that nobody knows about sure sure we definitely know about it that's, that's a good thing um i'm gonna go ahead and talk about it and sharon and keith if you feel like i missed anything or you want to fill in any blanks please do so in 2018 two teachers of the visually impaired and two music therapists began to collaborate on, collaborate on this project. One of the teachers approached us and said that her class just had an affinity for pitch that year. She had about six students and I would say five of them had perfect pitch. And she could just tell that they, um, that music was something that was really impactful for her class. So she asked, is there anything that you can do with pitch? And of course we have tons of real songs that we would teach, like here's the letter A, we would have like some kind of jingle or ditty for it. But <laughs> instead of that, we decided to even go even further and just look at pitch in general, like just relating pitch to each Braille dot. So, um, so the project was founded on the basis that we can use pitch as a strategy to teach Braille we um, started relating each dot on the braille cell to a pitch in a scale. And we were hoping that this could um, assist with attention and recall of the letters and the braille dots. We took the pitches, C, D, E, F, G, A, six pitches, and assigned it to dots one, two, three, four, five, six. And um, so for example, the letter A has one dot. So we used the C bell, we used bells at the time to introduce um, dot one, which is A. Um, so we we needed in order to like do the project you needed to sing you needed to be able to sing on pitch because you would introduce these bells and then introduce the letter to the student while singing to them and then the student would sing it back and after studying seven students or we had, i think we studied eight students um, we just added this as a strategy to their normal braille instruction we found that all of them um actually seven out of the eight in, in, increased their retention after after we use this strategy. So the only problem that we that we found was that um, that you had to be a music you had to be like a music therapist or a music teacher or have some sense of pitch in order to um, to, to use the strategy because it's purpose <laughs> yeah. singing off pitch to a student who has perfect pitch. So um, we decided to work together and create this app where you didn't have to um, sing that actually the app would sing it for you when you use it with the student. And um, Sharon hasn't been using the app with the students, but Sharon is a music therapist. So, she, and she's also a teacher of visually impaired. She's, so she's been using the um, technique with the students. And Sharon, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Uh, sure. So the last time I did it, I actually did, I just tested out the app with my kids 
um, just because my whole class this year is particularly tech motivated. So adding in an extra tech component was just another layer of motivation for them. Um, so when I first started, I was just playing, Tonal Braille was kind of invented as a game with a series of steps and a sequence that you would go through where you would say, we are going to play a game today. We're going to match sounds or tones with braille letters. Um, first, I'm gonna play the whole braille cell and you'd go through the whole braille cell in order. Then you'd say, are you ready for the next part of the game? You'd move into letters. Um, so if I'm teaching the letter A, I'd say, today we're gonna learn the letter A. The letter A is dot one. I'm gonna play the letter A for you. And then you would go one A, and it would go on from there as the letter A is dot one. I'm gonna play dot one for you one more time. One A, and then can you sing it with me this time? And you take a breath and you sing it together. And then the idea is afterwards, they can either type this letter on a braille writer, they can recognize this letter in some kind of braille format, or what I've been doing with my students who are just learning braille for the first time is I use kind of those enlarged braille cells and have them create the letter in that enlarged space just because they're still figuring out that spatial awareness of where dots are in a braille cell right now. Um, but I've used it with all of those different um, modalities, I guess, of you know, doing working on a letter and then introducing the letter to the kid in embossed braille and then they can read it or having them type it afterwards. And, you know, I can see them singing through the letter as they put their fingers down on the keys to emboss when they braille. And that's, um, it's been pretty cool to watch. Um, and it's, I don't know if either of you are braille users, but from what I've gathered, a lot of kids that learn braille are not thrilled about learning braille. They find it to be a little tedious um, and pretty difficult. So adding in that music element just keeps them engaged a little bit longer and makes it seem like it's a little, a little less monotonous for them, I guess is like the best way to put it. Very well said. Yeah, yeah so I, I can relate to the tedium part. I remember when I was a kid, I didn't want to learn Braille at all until the first Harry Potter book came out. Then of course I was all about it. Um, <laughs> the... So I, I had a little bit of a go with the app, um, and my biggest takeaway for me was I have awful pitch. Um, so I, I guess my question is, do, especially children you are teaching this to or using this as a tool with, um, do they have to be like particularly musically gifted or have good pitch for it to like register? In our original study, it seemed that the students who did have um, perfect pitch seemed to do the best with um, with the app. So sure. I think it is helpful to have that connection to yeah. pitch from an early age. Um, I think those students benefit the most. But Sharon, what have you seen in your use of the app? I have, so I've seen growth from every student that I've done tonal braille with. Wow. Um, I've seen the most growth in those students with perfect pitch or really strong sense of pitch awareness. Um, but like I said, even just music tends to be more motivating for a lot of our kids than oh, just sure. working on Braille. So even just yeah. the extra motivating factor gets them to work on those things more. Um, so for example, three years ago, four years ago, I was working with a student who um, was middle elementary and still working on learning letters, just wasn't picking up on Braille and doing tonal Braille with him was the first time that his teacher observed him independently Braille the entire alphabet by himself. That's um, cool. The kid had 
I love him dearly, but absolutely no sense of pitch, terrible pitch. <laughs> but the music was motivating enough that it got him to be able to independently braille the whole alphabet um, and read more letters than he was able to at the start of the year. Um, so most growth in kiddos with better pitch perception, but growth across the board from what I have seen so far. Wonderful. Thank you, That's Sharon. Great. Sharon, and I should consult before I go on the podcast. <laughs> I appreciate your feedback. <laughs> so one of the... One of the things I would uh, question, and and I don't know if there's any, uh, how much, I mean, we need more study into this, it seems like, but are kids connecting the Braille dots, like, so so they hear the music, they're interested in the music, they have the pitch, they get the pitch, they can probably sing it back perfectly, they can remember the dot patterns, but are they associating that with the dot patterns on paper or on a Braille display? Are they... How's that coming along? Sharon, do you want to address that? So the first year I had preschool kiddos, I had a good a good size, not not too many kids, but I had two kids that were definite Braille users. Um, we're definitely going to need Braille instruction. And both of them, what I was doing is I was introducing the letter in Braille, written Braille at the same time that I was playing it. So I'd play it, I'd put the letter in front of them and have their hands be on the Braille so that they were connecting the tactile piece with what they were hearing, kind of oh, that multimodal, right? Because when you think about how a normal kid might learn the alphabet, they're listening yeah. to an alphabet song, or they're, but they're also looking at something, usually looking at a visual that's related yeah. to the auditory. So having the tactile under their fingers is something that relates so the auditory that they're hearing just kind of made sense. And when I started doing that, I started seeing much more increased recall or recognition of letters just tactically without the music as the prompt. Um, and that was really cool to, that was a really cool thing to watch and see to the point where one of my three-year-olds by the end of the year was reading every single letter um, just by touching it. And she learned all of the letters in about three weeks using Tomo Braille. Um, exceptionally smart kiddo, very, very smart cookie. Um, but Tonal Braille definitely, I think, pushed her in the cool. right direction. Yeah. yeah. And the and the app does speak to a, a Braille display too. So you, even if you're just doing it at home, you can, if you have a wireless Bluetooth Braille display, you can yeah. use that with the app. So at Google I.O., I actually made the announcement that TalkBack 13 is getting integrated Braille display support. Uh, audience, Yay. if you haven't heard this yet, uh, this, uh, this is now public and we'll talk about it soon. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so uh, this is something that we should talk about offline because it might be the case that uh, I, I can't talk about whether it is or isn't, but it might be the case <laughs> that there might need to be a little bit more work to make sure that that's working with the new TalkBack yep. uh, because the Braille support is a little bit different in that. I think it's probably going to be relatively okay. There might be just some couple of tweaks for the app. but. Yeah. Uh, so, were there any challenges in creating that app, or what uh, did you what did you learn from <laughs> that app? Or? So, I had never developed apps before. Um, my program ex- experience is completely different. Um, I'm used to running simulations for research I've done and that type of thing. Um, so, I this this for my first app experience. Um, I just you know turns out this is now an app that needs to play sounds, it needs to recognize speech, it needs yeah. to send, you know, data to a, a Braille display. And so it was not easy. Um, it was definitely trial by fire. And 
you know, it took me a good while to kind of figure it all out. But, you know, it was a rewarding experience. Um, once, once I had developed several gray hairs in the process, it was, <laughs> in retrospect, it was, it was fun. So I, I kept copious notes and just tried to kind of figure it out. Um, got there in the end. Now, here's a question that I hate to ask, but are you on both big phone platforms or are you mostly focusing on Android? Well, I focused on Android simply because it was easy, more easily accessible for me as a developer to just dive into sure. Android and, and develop for that. But we're just everyday life. We're we're mostly Apple users. And it, and it is a little barrier, a bit of a barrier for the app that you have to have an Android in order to access the app. So even even I mean, I like, <laughs> like get buy an old Android phone in order to yeah. like figure it out. You know, you're here speaking to a Googler, so I don't yeah. see Android as a barrier. But you know, uh, it's I, I get the point. <laughs> well, and that's. That's it's interesting to me because most blindness specific apps, at least here in the states, you know, Android is usually the second platform they develop for. So, I mean, at least me as an Android user, I'm selfishly, uh, <laughs> I, I I don't I don't want to say like vindicated or what, but I I'm happy that it's the shoes on the other foot for a change. <laughs> yeah. A couple of, I mean, one of the things I, I just pointed out and, you know, one of the things I noticed with the app is it seems a little bit difficult to back out of the app at the moment. Yeah. Have you gotten any feedback from anyone using the app? It seems like no, there, there's you. not that many users. Yeah. Uh, so, so like the, the back, the Android back gesture or the back button don't seem to to escape the app, which seems like a problem. Okay. Uh, yeah. Did you try this app out? I did. And yeah. I was, I mean, I'm very happy that it worked with the TalkBack Braille keyboard. And, well, yeah. so I'll say it mostly worked with the TalkBack Braille keyboard. In order to switch modes from, like, the sighted practice over to the quiz or whatever, I had to open up a new keyboard, um, The you know, my regular Android. Uh, yeah, that's a problem keyboard. with the back. The, that's because the back doesn't work. Okay. Yeah. So this like it it always wants to have a keyboard up. Yeah. And when you dismiss the braille keyboard, you're saying you don't want a keyboard. Uh, keyboard pops back up. So yeah, that's uh, that's one of the issues there. I okay. I've, I've also thought about you know ways to make the quiz more interactive. Like uh, right now, it tells you, uh, or not more interactive, but maybe adding some sounds to it or something like, hey, you got this correct, or something mm -hmm. like having the automatic speech and or sound uh, for those users who uh, might might be learning braille that they also get some like a like a, a tone or a clap or something that just <laughs> indicates hey you got the right answer and yeah right. i don't know that might kind of add a little bit more fun to the quiz mode or like yeah. one of those buzzers if it's wrong <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> oh, great feedback thanks so much guys but uh, I but, think, yeah, we'll demo the app, and I think it's it's really cool that you guys are working on it, and for anyone out there who's interested, uh, how do they get in touch with you all, or how do they... Sure, sure. So um, it's jharrison at csdb.org. Um, do you want me to type something in the chat so that you guys... Uh, you can, and we'll put that in the uh, show notes, too. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and, and if you would like to speak to Sharon, it's S. K A Y. Sharon, are you okay if I share? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Too late. Some articles, so <laughs> <right ahead. laughs> 
Excuse me. org. S-K-A-Y at CSDB.org. Sorry, am I saying that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, yeah, so yeah, we'd love feedback and we'd love to hear if you're actually using it with, with students or kids and if you have any success. Um, yeah, I have a part-time job at a nonprofit up in Minnesota and I can say that we're definitely interested in, in using it. We don't get that many students, but we're, <laughs> we're very small, but we're interested in using it. Excellent. Excellent. Well, great. Let, let me know. Yeah. And I'll definitely pass it on to my TVI friends because, you know, I had to think for a second. My immediate reaction was like, is this like a solution without a problem? But then I had to kind of go into it and think like, hey, you know, there are so many toys like this for sighted kids learning print. Like, this would actually be a very useful thing for, you know, like especially kindergarten, pre-K, like, you know, if my niece was blind, she would be all over this. Yeah, thanks. We, uh, I was kind of like really excited to share it with the world. It took me just years to just kind of, it took us a few years just to kind of decide how to get it out there. And so I just kind of got it out there really quickly. And we haven't gotten much traction except for this podcast, which is like the highlight. So thank you so much. Yeah, Yeah, we'll definitely get the word out. I think that you'll start to see that turn around. Yeah, we just want to share things that we think are good ideas we hope to just they might be good ideas for other people as well yeah i think so and you know i know several tvis who i'll be sending this to because i think this could be very useful for them awesome harshad appreciates it he says excellent segment and great quality (laughs) thank you harshad thank you and uh yeah thank you to all of you do you guys have anything else that you want to add um or share or anything else that we haven't asked about that you think is important I just want to say once again how how CSDB is really proud of Nimmer and his work in California. And thank you for having us. Well, thank you all. Thank you for coming on. Yeah. Thank you. Have a good night, guys. You, you all well. have a good night. Okay. All right. Well, let's see. That was uh, Tonal Braille is the name of the app. Again, we'll update the show notes with a, with a link to it. And uh, yeah. give it a try. Give it a shot. Uh, provide some feedback. And it's also in the Play Store if you want to just yep. search for it there. Yep, it's in the Play Store. The problem with the Play Store is there's uh, since it's a very uh, you know it doesn't have very many downloads, it might be a little bit harder to find. But we'll throw in the link. Yeah. Uh, at least when I searched for it, it was not. It the showed first up. Or second for, it showed up for result, me. But. It was the but I I typed tonal braille in like very specifically, but. Uh, uh, maybe I didn't. Who knows? Anyway. <laughs> well, you're the Googler. You'd know how that works more than me. Exactly. I'm drinking a beer. All right. Oh, very nice. So, let's see. Jumping to the what's news. in the news. Big week for you. Big week. So as we mentioned there, Braille support in TalkBack was announced at Google I.O. I can't share more than what was in the presentation already. However, there is a, you know, there's, there's a new connectivity module, which means that you can connect to the Braille display using TalkBack itself. There's no need to go out and get anything else. It's kind of tied in with the Braille keyboard. There are some new commands. And um, they're they're unified commands for all Braille displays. Yeah. So I think that's that's uh, part of it as well. 
A couple of the commands I know I mentioned in that video, it's like uh, space with dots one, two, three, space with L, to go to the top of the screen. I know that that's a common note-taker command that is used on a lot of note-takers. So uh, I was very added. happy to see that. Um, you know, I, I can't talk too much more about it, but it is exciting, and it's something to look forward to. The, the release will be uh, certainly in TalkBack 13, and uh, right around the time or before Android 13 launches. So it will launch with Braille support. So... Uh, that is something to look forward to with that. Uh, Google also announced quite a lot of other things as well. And I know that, that I did not put in show notes because this stream was created a few days before, so I could share the link out. So there's uh, there's no show notes in the thing at the moment, but we'll edit that up and uh, add those later. Uh, but there's a lot of things that were announced at Google I.O. Uh, there are things with, let's see, I'm looking here. There's a... Really great CNET article that goes through all the things that were announced because there's just a ton of things. Yeah, there was like a... So, one of the things that they were talking about were kind of this whole theme of unifying around devices. So they announced a Pixel tablet that is not going to be released this year. It'll be announced next year. They announced a Pixel watch that will be later this year. They announced the Pixel 6a, uh, which is a new budget device, but is very similar to the Pixel 6. They announced the Pixel 7 and 7 Pro. It talked about the new design, and we're showcasing that. Um, and, of course, yeah, that's that not out cool. till later this year. But it was all about unifying around all these things. Uh, there were also the Pixel Buds Pro that were announced as well. And uh, and they talked about the new AR glasses that are in development. So and a watch, right? Yeah, the Pixel Watch. Yep, I talked about that. Um, so is that tablet? Is that going to be running Android or Chrome OS, or did they say? Um, I, I'm not sure they announced it. So, okay, all right. Uh, I can't talk about it, but fair. Uh, they also talked about a number of things in Chrome, for example, the ability to auto-generate, auto-fill random credit card numbers, which is good. It's a feature that I've been using for a long time in an app called Privacy that allows you to create random card numbers for different merchants and lock those cards to different... Uh, what am I saying? Lock those cards to the merchant so you can't... Uh, so, so if the merchant gets hacked, they can't use that card somewhere else. Uh which is yeah, really helpful. Cool. They're, they're going to... I don't think it's going to have necessarily have the same features as privacy, but it will at least let you randomize your card number, which is good. Uh, they announced, of course, Google, uh, you know, the being able to control what ads you see, and they also announced the ability to be able to limit some of the items that are found in Google search results about you when you search for yourself. Let's see, what else did they announce? So they announced a lot about automation of updates, like uh, translation, auto-transcription for videos, uh, stuff for maps, and uh, Google Meet transcription as well. So a lot of this stuff has been announced. Being able to summarize things, they, they are working on that, and they talked about that. 
uh, to be able to, for example, summarize a Google chat, the content of a chat, so you, you can just read the summary. It's like a TLDR version. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so they announced that. Um, and, uh, and, and it works for documents as well. So instead of going through this massive document, you can just read the, the summary. Uh, searcher, search is expanding. You can handle a query combining a photo with a text question and integrate near me into those searches, which is uh, really helpful. And it can do searches based on a panned photo. So uh, I call that scene exploration. So there's a lot of good things there. Uh, they're working on weeding out bias for different skin tones. <laughs> um, Google Assistant has been updated. Uh, well, they, they announced some things to that, like the Nest Max is getting this feature called Look and Talk, where you can just look <coughs> at it and it will recognize that you want to speak to it. So you don't need to say the H Google command. <laughs> right. Um, they also talked about some of the quick phrases that you could just use without having to say H Google. <laughs> so the idea is to improve natural performance of conversations. Uh, yeah. They uh, guess what? Google Wallet is making reappearance. It's been uh, oh it's been revived. Okay, cool. <laughs> so we now get Google Wallet, and it's basically just as it says. It's a wallet, so you can all, you know all your things from Google Pay will be in there, but also your ID and things like that. Uh, they're working with states to allow you to have your ID and everything well, that's else. That's convenient. Uh, yeah. So it'll be rolling out to Wear OS and Android. Um, there's also early warning and SOS systems that are expanded to Wear OS. So some of these uh, features that were in Android are coming there. Um, tablets are getting multiple application handling. That's um, you know, They're also updating a bunch of their apps for large screens. So they're more interested in tablets. Yeah. Um, you like you, they talked about more ways to have multi-device handling, like you can access your phone messages on your Chromebook phone uh, hub or whatever, cutting and pasting between them. Yeah, I was excited about that one. Uh, things like that. You can get the beta. Apparently there's a link for Google Wallet, um, on CNET, but I don't know if it's legitimate or not. I guess it is. It's CNET, so why not? <laughs> they talked about the Pixel Buds Pro. They have active noise canceling. They have better isolation, and they have a transparency mode. They'll get updates um, after they launch with spatial audio. And you can track them using the Android Find My Device. Okay, cool. So these are our Pixel Buds Pro. You'll be able to get them at $199 starting July 21st when they go up for pre-order. They, yeah, the Pixel 6a, 449, they talked about that. That'll be available also July 21st. They were teasing the Pixel 7 with a recycled aluminum camera bar and a glass back with an updated version of their Tensor chip. So there's that. Uh, it'll ship with Android 13. Uh, yeah. Let's see. The watch has a new Wear OS. It, it lots of curvy glass, so it's a curved <laughs> uh, watch. It will support Google Wallet and have extensive integration with Fitbit. It will be available in the fall. Tablet is pitched as a complement to Pixel phones, slated for 2023. 
So that's a lot of stuff that was announced. Yeah. In the accessibility section, uh, there's a lot more than that, by the way, but I'm just going through the summary here. In the accessibility section, another thing that was announced other than Braille mode was also the images mode for Lookout. And I believe they said that was coming around June 3rd. So that's going to allow you to pretty much find out the content of an image. You just share the image with Lookout, and Lookout will try to figure out what the that's cool content of the image. <coughs> that will be coming to Lookout, so that's something else to look out for. And, uh, there were also some <laughs> I see improvements what you did there. To... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and there are also some things coming for uh, you know some improvements to live transcribe and uh, the okay. hearing modes. So some of these things that that are being used for yeah. being able to detect certain sounds and uh, better I'm, noise cancellation and things like that. So I'm excited for that in Lookout. If it ends up being good, I might need to not pay for Envision anymore <laughs> because that's that's literally what I pay for Envision AI for right now is that picture recognition. <laughs> Harsh, it says, wonder if this will be one of the highest viewed videos of uh, Blind Tech Adventure. I don't know. You know, you never really know. It's very uh, hard to I, tell, yeah. It's hard to tell. I say the, the Jaws one that we did was very well viewed, but we don't focus that much on Jaws. But right. you know, people really loved hearing me say that Jaws is the best screen reader, even though I don't <laughs> use it. I mean, it was funny. Uh, my my old Hearthstone video got pretty good, even though like everything yeah. was broken and I didn't even really play that night. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, we never really know what's actually going to take off. Um, we just kind of go along and do things because we enjoy them. We're not, at least I don't look that closely at views. Uh, what I'm more Neither interested do in, do people discover our content? And, and it yeah. seems like people are searching for things and are finding it, which is good to me. Like, if our videos continue to grow over time, uh, that's more of, a, of the interest. So, But we'll see. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Maybe if you share it out with your friends... Then maybe it will grow, but uh, yeah, share share it out, share it out in your Android you group, Harshit. Tweet, tweet it, <laughs> snack, chap it. Yeah, exactly. Um, Fuchsia more likely than Chrome OS. Check out XDA forum writer Shell Shell whatever. I think he's talking uh, about the tablet. Yeah, uh, like I okay. said, I can't talk about it. So fair. Uh, I mean, we, we can all yeah. speculate, and uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens. And yeah, uh, interesting. yeah, let's see. Windows, uh, they have announced a new build and some updates to their apps. That's for insiders. Uh, of course, one of the biggest highlights is the new sound recorder app. People seem to be highlighting on. And I will do a demo of that app. Let me take a look at top tech tidbits. They tend to have some good stuff. Let's see if there's anything yeah. else I missed. Because I'm sure there probably is. Yeah. Here we go. I'll open up the email. Uh, Global Accessibility Awareness Week. That's next week. I'm glad people are going to be aware of accessibility. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> For a whole Very week. Good. Very good. Exactly. <laughs> um, then they Android don't have 13. to care anymore. Yeah, exactly. Android 13 will be introducing, we've talked about this before, restrictions on sideloading apps from unknown sources when they are using accessibility. APIs, things that can do very harmful things, potentially. Oh, um, I know what that's directed at. <laughs> something like that. Um, Auto-generated summaries in Google Docs, we talked about that. Uh, 
iPod Touch is discontinued. Sorry, everyone. Oh, sorry. I am sad about that. Like, that would be my ideal iOS device that's not a phone, so I'll have to just get a phone. <laughs> if you use a hearing aid, you can now connect it to, directly to the Fire TV. Cube? Cube? Second generation. Okay. Very good. I don't know what that is, but if you have one and you have hearing aids, cool. Let's see. Yeah. LibreOffice, I think, seems like a new version. Oh, cool. There, oh, Bixby has a new update that's going to make it easier to answer phone calls. Oh, so, cool. Uh, you can just say answer or decline or whatever without having to... It's huh. basically what you can do with Pixels and the Assistant uh. anyway, uh, if you set it up. Mm, Firefox brings down the back the download prompt. I think we talked about this one, too. Last week. Um, there was an article written about the unmaintained mess of Linux accessibility. That was kind of an interesting <laughs> read by this guy named Devin... Prater, Prater, yeah, Prater, somebody. Yeah, he he seems to be fairly well informed. At least I've seen his stuff in the Google, the Chrome Vox yeah, list. Yeah, he's posted a few things, and uh, so he wrote this blog article about the un, about the mess of Linux. And you know, he's basically his TLDR is don't use Linux because it's a complete mess. Yeah. Uh, my TLDR is a little bit more complicated than that because I right. think that Linux can offer a very powerful experience. And it is, if you're interested in any kind of networking or anything like that, a really powerful thing to know and use. It is a mess, accessibility-wise, unless you stick to command line or you're willing to use multiple accessibility tools, have lots of headaches, do a lot of re-imaging, uh, try yeah. a bunch of things, look up things on the web, or you have a ton of experience with Linux and know how it works. Yeah. Um, but I can't, I can't just say discount Linux altogether, but I... Right. Well, and it seems like people who really want to get into Linux probably like know that it's not going to be or should know that it's not going to be like Windows or Mac or or even Android in terms of like just seamless things working right off the bat. Like you kind of got to do a lot more of your own work. Apparently Bandcamp is being sued by musicians, blind people because they're not accessible or something. Um, oh, their so website lacks accessibility features, huh? PNC <laughs> is also being sued. Uh, apparently, there's a new implant that's letting uh -huh. people see. Yeah, another one? <laughs> another one. A brain chip, Nimmer. <laughs> yep. Okay, we're done with the news, I think. Unless you have anything. <laughs> No, um, if you want to read about what it's like to be a blind writer writing for sighted readers, that's also a thing here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's that's that. I think my main takeaway here is I'm really excited for TalkBack Braille support. That's been, ever since I switched over to Android from iOS, that has been, like, my biggest frustration. So I'm just very happy that it's being addressed. Okay, well, before we transition, again, if you're watching, there seems like five of you here, so thank you. If you are watching, hit the like button, hit the share, hit the comment, subscribe, chat. Feel free to uh, chat with us. We're, we're watching your messages. 
And uh, if you dislike it, hit the dislike button. If you don't like us at all, please unsubscribe. We don't want you here. Don't want to waste <laughs> your time. Uh, if you really do like it, please share it out with your friends so that other people can find out about us. And also remember, we are in podcast form now, so feel free to look up Blind Tech Adventures in your favorite podcatcher. The yeah. problem with looking it up on the smart speakers right now is they seem to not like us as much because we are pretty new to podcasting. So you're just as likely to find some other podcast. So you might have to ask a few times, but it should yeah, start to get better here within the next sure. little bit. So, uh, And we, I'll try to publish the podcasts regularly Mondays. Uh, I... I'm not going to promise. You know, there, there might be times when they go out before that, yeah. but um, I will definitely get them out by Mondays. That's kind of been my uh, work in progress over the last few weeks, and that's what's happened. So they'll go out Monday evening, U.S. time. So there's that. Check us out. Blind Tech Guys. No. <laughs> BlindTechAdventures.com. That's the website. Sorry, all I kinds of laugh. links to share it out. <laughs> Uh, you know, all kinds of links to different podcast apps and stuff. So blindtechadventures.com. And uh, if you have a specific topic you'd like us to discuss or anyone that you want to see on the show, please invite them along. And we'd be happy to have you on as a guest or them on as a guest and talk about whatever that you think we should be discussing. Yeah. All right. Next topic. Going to demonstrate... The well, should we do that or should we have our discussion about Braille? Huh. I think it. I think we'll do the sound recorder because if people want the Braille topic, they can continue listening on. If not, yeah, the Braille topic might bore people and they're not going to listen to the sound. Fair recorder, enough. So. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, <laughs> we'll just we'll do the sound recorder. We both uh, might ramble on about Braille for a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So I'm going to turn on the screen reader. I'm going to do this uh, screen reader mode, and I would share my screen, but we end up with audio echo problems, and so I'll just do a screen reader demo of the app. And if you're interested in how it looks, you need to be on an Insider build of Windows 11 to see this new U, uh, UI. And uh, when you open up the voice recorder app, it'll update itself and become sound recorder. So, Oh, let's see if it does that on my end. Okay. Yep, it it certainly should. Mm, if you if you're updated to the latest build, anyway. I don't know that I am. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. So I'm going to turn on Jaws. Ooh. Since people like Jaws, uh, I don't know <laughs> if the Jaws has been optimized for this. I have never used this app with Jaws before. But we are going to find out. Let's make sure that it is going through sound card. Line two. Let's make sure this is happening. Very nice. Yeah, I feel like my insider builds are a couple days later. Like, Yeah. I don't know if that's an AMD thing or what, but... Okay. Oh, I also need to change my mic setting. Oh, I forget how <laughs> to do that. Mic and camera settings. Yeah. Just one second, everybody. We almost got it here. Audio. Communications line. Communications Hello. line on virtual audio cable. Okay. Can you hear Switch Jaws? 
Yeah. Make combo. And you can hear me. Yes, sir. Audio mix, speaker, mic volume. Close modal button. Good. Stream yard. So oh, yeah, Jaws forms about noises. Slow down, Jaws. So, slower. Slower. Oh, no, not that slow. <laughs> Faster. Slower. Slower. There we go. <laughs> All right. <coughs> Excuse and me. I, I suppose people like eloquence, don't they? Fast, fast, fast. I do. Faster. Fine. No amount of relevance. Um, Numb lock on. Numb lock see, off. What's the shortcut? Oh, I'm using 4X. Select a voice profile. Dive. There we go. Marion vocalizer. It's Malcolm. Vermegid vocal eloquence. One of 22. Malcolm? Who's Malcolm? He's a voice. <laughs> slower, slower, he sounds slower, very slower. proper. Slower. Slower. Yep. All right. So we got eloquence. Slide tech event. Did Malcolm go to Oxford? I don't know. Well, he is a British guy. Yep. All right, we got Jaws. All right, good. So now let's open up the sound recorder app. 91%. Search. Oh, start, when search. I hit the start menu, it says 91%. Very good. Now maybe Jaws hasn't been optimized for Windows, this insider build yet. Let's go to sound recorder. Sound mixer options, system settings, find result, change system sound, sound settings, choose your sound, pin list, ah, stream yard camera. All right, let's go, Start. let's just type recorder. Sound we? recorder app, press right to switch. There we go. All right, let's type. Uh, sound recorder app. Sound recorder, sound recorder, import file, import file button, alt followed by O. First thing we got here is Whoa. an import file button. So we can import a file if we want. And I'll just tab through this interface. Actually, uh, might be better to use the JAWS, the, uh, what is it, the touch cursor for this. You can see exactly what's here. Because sometimes uh, tabbing doesn't read everything, so. Touch. There we go. Import file, window preview, window preview, sound, sound, sound recorder, preview, window, import file, group, import file, button, add folk, list. Recording created on 5 slash 12 slash recording created on 5 slash. So that was me testing it, so there's some recordings there. Recording. 5 slash 12 slash 0 12. Recording created on 12 recording record 12 slash 0 0 final 2 final 2 final 12 slash 50 recording. Share share recording button. So we can share recordings. Share. More options button collect. There's some more options. Playback group. Playback slider horizontal. Group. Vertical scroll bar horizontal scroll status bar. Headset microphone real tech audio button collapse. So we can choose uh, how things are being recorded. Start recording button. There's a start recording button. 0 0 ratio. 0 0. Ratio. That's the uh, timer. Zero zero period. Zero zero slash. Zero zero ratio. Zero zero ratio. Twelve. Play button. Jump to start. Group. Jump to start. Button. Mark recording. Group. Mark recording. Button. So we can uh, create marks of on the recording. So I think these are like chapter markers or something. Mark. Oh, nice. More options. Group. More options. Button. And there's another more options. And that's that. So let's actually just go back into virtual cursor, PC cursor. Touch cursor, PC. There we go. Now we'll just tab through the UI. List box, recording created on file. Share recording, share recording so button. A list box, then there's a share recording. More options button collapsed. Alt. So more options. Let's see what's in this more options. Rename recording, alt followed by R. Rename recording, Rename. alt followed by R. Show in folder, alt followed by O. Show in folder. Delete recording, alt followed by D. Delete recording. And that's that. Leaving menu. Let's keep tabbing. Sound recorder. Playback, playback, left, right slider, 0%. So we can adjust the playback. Headset, microphone, real tech, audio, button, collapsed, all followed by... I hear a beer. You do hear a beer. Headset, audio. So this is uh, what I'm using as a mic. I'm using a headset right now. <laughs> so for those of you who think I'm using a very expensive microphone, sorry to disappoint you. 
You're using a very expensive headset instead. That's right. That's exactly right. Still a lot cheaper than microphones <laughs> and all its setup, but yes. Start recording button. Um, so I can choose an audio source to record from. I can hit start recording. Play toggle button. Play. Jump to start. Jump to start button. Jump to start. Mark recording. Mark recording. Mark recording. More options. And this is the most interesting change, I think, to this app is there's a lot more settings. So let's go to more options. Playback speed submenu. Follow by playback. Ooh. Just playback speed of playing the recording. Settings. And if we go in here, actually, 0.25 times. there's uh, all the way very slow. 0.5 times. 1 times normal check. 1. 1.5 times. 2 times. 4 times. All the way up to 4x. Uh, they completely skipped past 3x, but we huh. will forgive them that transgression. Leaving menus pop up. Yeah, settings, leave it to Microsoft. Microsoft. <laughs> yep. So let's go to settings. Leaving menus button. There's an unlabeled button. I believe maybe that's the back button. I'm not sure. We'll have to submit feedback on that unlabeled button. So let's tab. Recording format expanded. You can change your recording format. Dot M four A M P E G four default. Dot M four A. Yeah, that's uh, that's that. Okay. But there's also dot M P three M P E G three. Okay, cool. M P three. WMA. <laughs> Ass something. <laughs> Windows Media Player. <laughs> yeah, there's FLAC. Cool, I like FLAC. And there's WAVE, or WAV. So, uh, a number of these formats, I believe that in order to do bookmarking, you need to use something other... I know Wa uh, WAVE didn't work. I wonder so if FLAC would I'm work. not sure exactly which formats you need. Maybe FLAC works, I'm not sure. But uh, we can always set it to FLAC and see. Not FLAC, FLAC. There we go. But uh, they might have to be like MP3 or something, because bookmarks yeah. did not work in... Uh, wave for sure. I wouldn't well, be surprised if it doesn't work in FLAC. Yeah, probably because they're pretty similar. You know, all de kind of decompressed sort of. Audio quality expanded. Audio quality. Let's see. Uh, and and it says expanded. I'm not sure what what that's about, but these are basically like um, combo boxes or something like lists, list boxes. So down arrow. Auto. Uh, actually, you have to tab first. So you can't just down arrow. You have to tab first to the list. And then you can down arrow. So we have auto. Best highest quality, larger file size. Best. High recommended. High. Medium smallest file size. <laughs> it recommends medium. you be high. Cool. Exactly. So I don't want to be high. I don't want to be medium. I'll be best. Can't be anything else. High, best highest quality, larger file. There we go. App theme expanded. App theme. And again, this is one of those expanded things. So you have to tab. Light. And then you can change your theme. Dark. Use system setting. And we'll say use system setting. Microsoft software license terms. There's Microsoft Ooh. license terms. Microsoft services agreement. Services agreement. And these are links, by the way, but uh, JAWS plays a sound because that's how I have it set. So yeah, you've got uh, your otherwise it would say uh, Microsoft software license terms. Microsoft off software license terms link. Microsoft services agreement. Microsoft services agreement link. Or maybe it would say link Microsoft Services Agreement. I don't know. Microsoft Privacy Statement. Send feedback button. Button. All right. So let's uh, press this ba a button to see what it's about. Maybe it's the back button. Import file. Import file button. Looks like it is. Yep. So that unlabeled button is back. All right. Very good. So now let's tab to the start. Now, I'm not actually sure if this is going to record. I, I don't know what will happen since the multiple things are using my mic, but... I do know that this app works, so let's just figure out if it does. List box, share record, more options, sound recorder. 
Playback, playback, headset, microphone, real tech, start recording button, both followed start by Start recording. Stop recording button, both followed by S. Hello, hello, hello. This is a test, test, test of Microsoft uh, recorder, testing, recording, goodbye. And let's just tab to the mark button. Pause toggle button, mark recording button, both followed mark by Mark recording. Oh, I just placed a mark. Hello, hello, hello. Pause toggle mark recording button, both followed let's by M. do another mark. Mark, mark, there we go. Pause toggle button, stop recording button, both followed and, by S. And uh, so if I want to pause it, I can hit Alt. Pause toggle button. Well, there's no shortcut, so never mind. You just have to tab to it. And if I want to stop, I can hit Alt S. Mark record, pause, stop recording button, both followed by S. Or just hit it. Pause toggle button, import file, import file button, both followed by S. All right, so the recording's done. List box recording to created on 5 slash 12 slash 2022 56 32 p.m. with a length of 0 hours, 0 minutes, 37 seconds, 1 to 4. There we go. So that's the recording from today. Now, oh, I suppose I have to set the recorder to line two. So let me do that. Otherwise, you won't be able to hear it. All right. Desktop, 100%. Sound mixer options, system. Sound mixer options. Settings. Settings, system, output, input, device, apps, list, system, sound, system, sounds, button, system, app, systems, system, system, apps, list, box, system, sounds, button, collect, application, file for JAWS button, audio, repeater, one point, audio, audio, freedom, scientific, voice, assist, Google Chrome button, holy shit, JAWS for Windows, FS, <laughs> Windows, sound, recorder, button, collapse, there we go, Windows, sound, recorder, mute app button, adjust the output, volume, left, right, output, device, combo box, uh, let's Windows adjust sound recorder button expanded. Actually. Windows sound recorder adjust the output volume left right slider 100%. We'll turn that way down, otherwise that's going to be very loud. 90. <laughs> turn that down to 50% yep. maybe. Yep. And it'll probably still 62. be loud, but that's okay. 53%. Watch, it didn't even record. <laughs> output device combo box. I don't know. We'll see. So I have to change my output device to line 2, I believe. Yeah. Oh, hey, look. Jaws isn't reading the... Line headphone, real, line two virtual audio cable, two of six. Guess I had to hit alt down arrow. Output device combo box. There we go. Input three, get give feedback. Back button. Output. Settings, settings. Desktop, folder view. Sound recorder. Sound recorder, button available. Oh. Hello. Stream Sound recorder, sound recorder, Hi. button available. More sound, playback, playback, headset, micro, start recording button. Play toggle button. Okay, let's hit the play button. Here we go. Pressed. Hello, hello, hello. This is a test, test, test of Microsoft uh, Recorder. Testing, recording, goodbye. <laughs> and let's cool. just tab to the mark button. Mark recording. Oh, I just placed a mark. Hello, hello, hello. Let's do another Jump mark. To start. Jump to mark, start mark, button. mark. There mark we go. Recording. Mark recording button. Alt followed by M. More and, options. More uh, options. So if I want to pause it, I can hit Alt. Well, there's no mark shortcut, so never mind. You just have to tab to it. And if I want to stop, I can hit Alt S. Jump mark more up import file. List up or more up. Sound playback. Headset start recording. Headset playback. Playback left right slider zero percent. So what I was looking for is to see if there's a way to skip to marks, and I'm not finding that. So I'm not quite sure what you can do with the marks. Play top jump to start. Jump to start. But uh, that doesn't seem to be possible to jump to the different marks. Either that or I'm just not finding it. I wonder if that's just because it's black. Uh, well, no, in, in Wave, it actually gave an error message and said you can't create marks. Oh, okay. So, uh, unless JAWS isn't reading that error message, I suspect maybe there's not a way to jump between marks in this app. I don't know. Yeah, JAWS would read an error message, I would think. I would think so, uh, but who knows? NVDA was not reading that, so we, 
But uh, or I'm sorry, NVDA was reading that if there was an error, but I don't know if JAWS does. Yeah. So, okay, unloading JAWS. Let's get that out of the way. <laughs> Thank God. Time for NVDA again. All uh, right. So then I'll stop this. Oh, I'm not, I wasn't even sharing the screen. You're content. not even sharing your screen. Goodbye, screen reader. Oh, okay. Christian wants to know, which Braille display did I use for the demo at Google I.O. today? It sounded like an Orbit reader. I just wanted to make sure I was right. That is right. It was an Orbit reader. I used it for a couple of reasons, but one of them is that I very want, very much wanted people to hear the Braille and the fact that I was using a Braille display. So it was a very yeah. intentional choice to use the Orbit, and I think it's a good display. It's a good anyway, one to so. use for that, yeah. Yep. Uh, but yes, it was, a, it was an Orbit display. So. I finally got to see one of those this last week, and I was pretty impressed. Um, yeah. Yeah, the Braille was like really displays. crispy. Yeah, it's really crispy. Good, good Braille. Uh, you know, some people might find it overly sharp, but just generally uh, very reliable. No, you know, you don't really get a lot of the issues with shadow dots or anything uh, too crazy. Yeah. At least not with my Orbit Forty. I don't know what other people's experiences are, but they're they work pretty well. Uh, I'm not a, as much of a fan of their keyboard. Their keyboard has a little bit of a high actuation point, and it's very yeah. loud and clackety. So I'm not as big of a fan of their keyboard, but, you know, still good display. Very, very rugged. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. There we go. Well, is that a good All segue right. for us, do you think? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> so we just wanted to have a little bit of a chat about Braille. Uh, you know, I think... Do you want to uh, demo the app? Oh, uh, let me see. I think we did talk about demoing that app. Do you have it? I do. I wonder how it'll come through my headset, Mike. Yeah, we could just hold the phone real close to it. Turn the volume way up. Okay. All yeah, right. Let me go grab loud. my phone. And turn off uh, noise cancellation if you haven't already on StreamYard. Oh, yeah. I did. Okay. Yeah, okay. All right. My phone is plugged over here in the corner. Give me just a second. It might be one ex one reason to get a mixer, but or an interface. Actually, I have an interface, but I don't have the required cable. Hello. Okay, is that too loud or too not loud? No, enough? you're good. Probably need to slow her down. Yep. And you just want to hold the phone as close as possible to the mic. Okay. I know it's probably awkward, but it it is exceptionally awkward. But I'll do my best. Uh, yeah. Signal message. Edit box. There you go. Okay. Okay, Google. Open tonal Braille. Time to dismiss assistant. Open total. Here are your results for open total. <laughs> 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 okay. We'll do it this other way. Showing braille keyboard. Finder. P O N A. 
Tonal Braille. Okay, this will be awkward when I'm typing on my Braille keyboard here. Maybe I'll switch to... <laughs> okay, Tonal Braille. So it just said, Sighted Practice. Switch to Braille keyboard. So I'll just type different letters here. Like if I do A. One, A. And by the way, the Sighted Practice does not mean that you can't use it as a blind person. I think you right. know, that's feedback. It will probably send them about that naming. Yeah, but uh, sighted yeah, practice. Yeah, that was interesting. Just, it it can be used by a sighted person to type the letter, but can also be used, you know, well, when you're blind. But the idea, I think, there is to give the phone, or or maybe the sighted person has the phone, and they're connected to a braille display that is in front of a student. But it can also be used with, for the student to practice typing as well. So yeah, so I'll just go through here. I wonder who's singing. <laughs> I believe it's one of their students. There is a video about this, so we can uh, we can share that video out. Okay, all right, so let me go into other modes here. And in order to go into other modes here, I've got to dismiss the TalkBack Braille keyboard. So I'll do my three-finger swipe down. Now, so this is interesting because I'm in an edit box, but now I can swipe around. So I've got a chart, which when I open up the chart, uh, doesn't seem to be very useful, but let's see. I think that's more for sighted users. And see, I have to nav. There's no like tabs on the bottom of the screen or anything like that, so I've got to do navigate up here. Then I've got quiz mode, letter display. And see, now it took me into my keyboard where I can't get to the quiz easy. Okay, so I, I don't... Once it puts me here, the only thing I know how to do is close the app and open it up again. So I will... Close Tonal Braille. And open it up again. English, US, oh, hell. I hate writing on a QWERTY keyboard now. Uh, eh. Oh, okay, that's why. Eh, go away. Talk back Braille keyboard. Come on. Now we're opening up Tonal Braille. So we're in sighted practice again. I've got to dismiss the keyboard again. Sighted mode. Let's go. Let's try quiz mode. So I'll double tap. Uh. See, so sometimes it just. 
Done. And it just opens up my keyboard and doesn't let me go to the next change modes here. Do you know what I need to do about that, Nimmer? Is there any... Yeah, you need to change the keyboards. It's just a bug with how the app works. Oh. Okay. Oh, are you using... You're using the Gboard. Yeah. And it doesn't let you change modes. No. But let me... So... Now I'll dismiss them. Sided practice chart, sided mode, quiz mode. No, just occasionally, if if I like rotate my phone. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so I'll just keep it still here. So quiz mode, I'll double tap on that. Sided quiz, Any way to bring that phone even a little closer to the mic? Uh, if not, that's fine. There you go. Or does the volume go up at all? Uh, I can try switching TTS. Let's see. Let's Let's go back over to Google. That might be... Any better? Yeah, a bit. Yeah, just hold it as close as you can to the mic, but yeah. Okay. So it says cited quiz, and I'm not really sure what to do here. Uh, let's type a letter A. And that didn't... See, so I went to the top of the screen. Settings, search button, translate button, expand toolbar. One, two, three. And now it's just showing me the keyboard. Done. Can you touch and explore? Uh. M. You six. Search button disabled. Zero. P. Done. Navigation bar. Switch input method button. Sample three. Voice input button disabled. Not P. Backspace done. I can hit done, but that doesn't. Done. Expression button disabled. Okay. Navigation bar. Switch input method. Samsung keyboard. Done. I just did, and it doesn't do anything. Let's see if I open up Tunnel the Braille. app. Search. Clear search Come on. English US shown. Showing Samsung keyboard. Sighted practice. Editing. Edit box. Letter display. Sighted practice. So that's kind of a peculiar little bug Start. here. But then, so I open up quiz mode, and I'm not really sure what to do here. Uh, so when I open up quiz mode, there is a an actual quiz. There is an actual, like, it'll give you a letter to press. Oh, start the quiz. Duh. Okay. Yes, let's start the quiz. Okay, so that's going to be... just type the letter. Uh, Side quiz. Letter display. What letter is being played? Navigate up button. Samsung keyboard. Side quiz. What letter is being displayed? Y. G. B. Spacebar. B. Okay, I pressed B. Yep, and that's what I'm saying. It needs to be more interactive. So on the screen above the keyboard, it probably tells you that you're correct or something. Uh. C. X. Expression. Voice input. Button. Settings. Search. But see, then when I go to the top of the screen, it just. Side quiz. Letter display. B is not correct. Try again. 
What? It said one two. That's B. Next button. B is not correct. Next button. I think you typed D. Two four five. Okay. Yeah. Let's see. Two four five. I wonder if I can switch over to the Braille keyboard here. Let's see. Navigation bar. Switch input method button. I'm sure you can. The the problem that you're going to find though, you're going to run into a bug. Because you can't back out of the Braille keyboard, and you won't know which letters to type. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'll just go to Gboard, I guess. Uh, yeah. No. So just type the letter D, I think. Uh, yeah. No. D. Come on. And then I go to the. Eh. Okay, no, I don't want notifications. Go away. Oh, okay. Next. Yeah, so it only gives you one chance to type it, and if you type it one. Then no bat, no dice. Okay, one, two, three, five. I'm pretty sure that's an R. Okay. Uh, so then if you touch the screen, it'll tell you whether you were successful or not. It should. Above, be doing above the keyboard. But you're swiping through the keyboard, so. Yeah. No, I typed R. You. Okay. I obviously don't know Braille people. Uh, uh, you okay. do. I think it's just that your letters maybe not be recognizing on the keyboard or something. <laughs> so I'm doing L. I'm, I just did L. So. Hey, good. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so that... I see what it... Okay, so we'll try again. Next. One. Okay. Pretty sure that's what that is. It's also not. It's kind of random, but it goes through the entire alphabet, good. so you won't get a letter twice. Okay, good. So I'll do next. I knew what A was. Great. One, two, three, five, six. Oh wow. Okay, I actually have to think about that. That is going to be Z. <laughs> Yeah, so it'd be cool if it was a little Good. more interactive in that way. Yeah, but I mean, fair enough. You can go to the top of the screen and... Yep. Um, one, three, K. Cool. That's the start of my name. Good. Good. All right. So now it's getting my letters right. Um, so yeah, hopefully that gives you an idea about kind of where this app is. I definitely really like the concept, and I can totally see how, like, if you've got a student working with a TVI or something, this could be very useful. Yeah, for sure. So, And, and speaking of that, we had a little bit of a conversation in the past about this relevance of a Braille. Uh-huh. Have your views shifted at all about the relevance of Braille? No. I I think maybe 
my uh I'm a little less optimistic about braille uh spreading and more people adopting it, but I mean even just like anecdotally, most of the blind people who I see who have decent jobs who are who are working at all like tend to be braille readers, obviously not all that's just a trend, but like. I, I Braille mean, certainly helps with employment odds. Yeah. I mean, just being literate generally helps with employment odds. Yeah. And like... Whatever that I, literacy method is. And I do think there are things you can't get with speech. Like, I will confess, most of my interaction with a computer, I do speech. But, like, you, you miss out on a lot of, like, the spelling of things and a lot of the punctuation and, like, you know, I I just think that's important to know. What display are you using now, by the way? Right now, I am using a Q-Braille, so I, I'm very, like, privileged. Is that like this Amazon Q-TV <laughs> fire thing? <laughs> Well, I shouldn't make yeah, you can, laugh, I guess. That can, makes you cough. Can connect to a hearing aid with a Braille display, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, they call this one a Q-Braille. This is a HIMSS display, because what it's supposed to be... It's supposed to be kind of a mix of a Braille keyboard and a QWERTY keyboard. So I've got... It's got, like, all the, you know, the Perkins keys, but then it's got, like, Control, Windows, Alt, and a six-pack, and the arrow keys, and all the function keys, and Six-pack, that's good. I'm glad it's very fit. Yeah, it is fit. It, it works it, out. It Well, it works out unless you're trying to put it in a backpack. Then it's a little bit too bulky. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's kind of my setup is, like, this is the display I usually have by my... It usually lives on my desk. It's very good with computers. Um, and you can switch it so you can control the whole computer from the display if you want. Or you can just have it work like a regular Braille display if you want. Um, but it's not a very portable display. So I also have this NLS e-reader, which is basically... Uh, it's like the same body as one of the new humanware displays. They just kind of dumbed down a lot of the smart features of it so you could use it for free. Um, but, you know, that's much more portable. You know, that one goes in my backpack with me if I want to, you know, connect something to my laptop on the go or, you know, something like that. So that's kind of my setup right now. Cool. What about you? Are you using mostly your Orbit or... So, yeah, because of the nature of my job, I've got a bunch of displays, and I would say the display that I absolutely use the most and the display that I love the most is my Active Braille, the HandyTech display. I oh, love yeah, the that tech, one's... HandyTech displays. They are incredible displays, uh, incredible hardware. The Braille, the dots, you know, the way they sit is kind of like concave where your fingers kind of sit in this little track and helps with reading the Braille and going across a straight line. The keyboard, the, you know, when I think of a, a super, like, how keyboards should feel, yeah, this keyboard's it. Like, it's kind of like the mechanical keyboard of Braille displays. It's not, it doesn't have a super high actuation <laughs> point, but it feels pretty good to type on. Um, 
the the fact that you can enable this uh, the sensing of when you've reached the end of a line, so you don't have to press a button to. Scroll. Oh yeah, that's cool. Like the those displays are incredible displays. Uh, very yeah. expensive, and the other problem is that if you have them in the U.S. here. What you'll need to figure out is what you're going to do if that display requires maintenance, things like that, you know, because yeah. uh, help tech or handy tech, kind of a German company. And I'm not sure what the U.S. support is like these days, but, man, they're incredible. They have other things, too, like music braille and and music mode. and Yeah. I don't know. But they're, they're really nice displays. Uh, very compl- complicated. They're convoluted. Like their their keep their yeah. shortcuts are just very convoluted. Yeah, the cube rail's a little uh, convoluted too. Like it, but this this display I'm using definitely has a learning curve. The keyboard, but I've got has, access to like yeah. you know about uh, I don't know a good number of displays, and I like them for different reasons. I really 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 like the the Humanware Mantis. I'm a wait, big wait, fan wait. of that. Wait, 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 wait. Hold up. You are a big fan of the Humanware Mantis? I'm a big fan of that, except the keyboard sucks. <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the design. <laughs> the keyboard does suck. I couldn't... I do love the design. Having... I wish more people these days would put a QWERTY keyboard with a Braille display. It's a... I, I would love to see that, and I would love to... I mean, if I... I mean, the dream is, of course, if I get, like, a buckling spring keyboard with a display you know, on a display like man that would be you'll have oh, to make your own that. braille display i'm like. gonna have to make my own that that will never happen but humanware if you want me to become a customer i will pay uh, as much as you want me to pay for that kind of a <laughs> yeah the i don't think it'll ever happen the problem uh, but, i had with the mantis was if you're an iphone user i don't you know it, it connects and it's fine but since I have Android and I use my Chromebook from time to time, you know. Yeah, the it, lack of head support's a problem for sure. Yes. And that's one thing I love about this Cube Rail is it's very, it can have like six Bluetooth connections at the same time. And it's very easy to switch back and forth between them with just one hotkey. So like I can have my yeah. phone, my Chromebook, and my computer. And, you know, if I have it all set up right. I can drive all of those things just from this one display. But see, I'm generally a better <laughs> typer of QWERTY, but also I, oh, me too. I am very, you know, I'm I'm pretty familiar with Braille. I'm very familiar with it, but having yeah. to type it, I have to literally stop and think when I type certain symbols, like for example, brackets and things like that oh, that I sure. don't use or see all the time. I know what they are, but I have to stop and think about what they are, and that kind of yeah, me too. Slows me, too. me down. Yeah, me and, too. Um, you know, so or even like the pound sign or the, you know, so I don't know. I I really I like this concept of a QWERTY keyboard. The the ergonomics is absolutely terrible with most. I just did a. Yeah. There was a research study done on this, like probably a few months ago, that was sent out. Hey, so I think I asking, did that study too. Yeah, they were asking about the ergonomics, and the ergonomics of using a Braille display and having to type and using a laptop is absolutely. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's frustrating. It's really I, frustrating and just terrible. It's bad. I have to like if I'm going to be switching back and forth between the keyboards, I literally have to like have my display off to the side a few inches away. Like having it in front of the laptop is just miserable for me. Yeah. 
it, what what tends to help, at least for me, is if you have the ability to have a, a multi-level desk. So, you know, like something like a keyboard tray under a desk. So maybe you oh, have sure. your keyboard below that and your Braille display right above it or something like that. Still not super comfortable, but I mean, yeah, that's that's why I like the Mantis, but it does have a lot of limitations for what it can yeah. do. And the keyboard, I'm not a fan of most laptop keyboards. It's and its keyboard's the- especially bad since it doesn't have an applications, it doesn't have an insert key, well, it doesn't have... Yeah. You know, I don't like it. See, I struggle with its keyboard for different reasons. I don't... You know, I, I guess I grew up on laptop keyboards more than you did, so I'm a little more used to the function up arrow and function, you know, but... I Yeah, I'm relatively used to that, but... If it was, if that was my only problem, and the feel of the keyboard was better, like the, the, the feel of the experience, keyboard. it's so then, loud. Then I would too. say I would get used to it, but I just don't like the. Well, I, I can't complain about loudness. I use loud <laughs> keyboards, <laughs> right? Yes, yeah, it is. That that can be a complaint for some, for sure. It's loud, loud, and it's not like I mean, I I'm not a mechanical keyboard guy, but I see the appeal. Like yeah. you know, it gives you a lot of feedback, and like it's nice. This doesn't. It's just loud and clacky and plastic and like. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, this doesn't feel great. But no. but if you want a modern display that's got a keyboard in it, that the other thing I like about the humanware displays is, and maybe you don't care about this so much, Nimmer, but like having the Wi-Fi on the display so you can just download something from Bookshare or Bar. You're right, like... I don't. I think it's a pointless feature. <laughs> Most of the time it introduces security holes and when Bookshare updates then the thing breaks for six months or a year and when I have to train people, then I have to explain to them why their favorite thing doesn't work anymore. Oh, You're yeah. absolutely right. I hate it. If they could keep it updated, if they could make it work, properly and they were willing to keep the device updated so i wouldn't have to have nightmares at night about security yeah definitely add an internet connection to it but man no that uh, you're you're exactly right i hate it i knew you would yeah but you know the obvious thing too is just like, if I didn't have a center here that would let me borrow things, and if I wasn't connected to the NLS where they let me beta test their e-reader, like, I can't just drop $3,000 on a Braille display. Like, Yeah, exactly. And that's yeah. why I like the Orbits, because they're still expensive, but they're half the cost. Yeah. And they're a lot more durable than most Braille displays, just in the nature of how they're built. You can drop sure. a thing, and it'll actually likely survive the drop. Yeah. I'm not suggesting you do this, but if you have an <laughs> orbit, please don't say Nimmer told me I should go drop my rail display. <laughs> but they're generally, you know, dust a little bit more, uh, yeah. you know, uh, able to handle dust and sand and things like that, and they can handle a drop a little bit better. Uh, if you drop a bra- uh, humanware braille note or something on the ground, it probably some luck. of the cells are going to pop out. Like yep, some of the, the dots are going to pop out. Well, you know what? I dropped a humanware Braille note, and the dots were fine, but the keys the keys popped out. I mean, that happens too. But yeah, in <laughs> a lot of cases, it's the dots. You you might yeah, lose a couple I, of dots. I can totally see if it would have landed that way on the display. That, um, yep. And that that so this Mantis, I or this uh, Q Braille, I think is built a little better than humanware stuff, but it's only because it's got a really good carrying case that comes with it. See, I'm um, not a fan of any hymns display 
and it's for one reason. Huh. It's because of how they put this damn space bar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> I hate their space bar. <laughs> See, I got used it's to it. It's a tiny it, little thing, and I have I... to scrunch my thumb all the way and, like, I... uh, why can't just the space bar be right on the edge? Yeah, I mean, fair I, enough. I hate their space bars. I, I just can't. I have such a hard time typing on on those things. Yeah, it it was an adjustment for me, too. Like, I can do it now, but, um, yeah. I, I think that's where, I you know, I've, I've gotten lucky. You know, I work in an area that, you know, of course, uh, working on Braille sport, so, you know, I need to have a few of these things. And so I can choose. I wake up in the morning and take my pick. Do I want to spend my day in Mantis land? Do I want to spend my day in, you know, Handytech land or Orbit land or Focus yeah. land? I like my Focus, too, for, for different reasons. I like the build of the Focus. Oh, yeah. That might be a good uh, one to, if you were going to put a display right in front of your computer. It's definitely, yeah, it's a more narrow and, you know, but let's see. Anyway, we, let's see if we have any comments, shall we? We do. It looks like. Let's see. No, let's see here. Uh-oh, I triggered it. I triggered a Google Home. Oh, no. Yep. Ted Rose. Sorry, buddy. Whoops. Kurt will send you a PayPal payment to compensate uh. you for that. <laughs> Speaking of PayPal payments, we do have a donation link up on the website to support the show. And so if you want to donate to us, we split the cost, you know, if any donations. We haven't actually gotten any, but we we would split the cost. We get donations that come in. Yeah. And um and it goes to paying for our monthly costs. You know, we have quite a number of, of costs now. We have the stream yard that we pay for. We have the the uh, uh, Buzzsprout, which is our podcast host that we pay for. We have the uh -huh. domain that we pay for. Uh, you know, so it's a number of any apps or anything else that we try and buy and whatever else. Uh, there's also, you know, of course, our time. I think that's worth something too. So if you feel like donating, it's not mandatory. It's not something that you should do if you yeah. can't or don't want to. But if you feel like it. We appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, so, and Kurt will send that payment along to you there, yeah. uh, Ted Rose. Don't worry. So just, just a thing about Braille, though, is um, – so this last comment from Ted Rose, uh, you know, it says, Kurt, you triggered my Google Home. Then it's got LOL, all caps, with an exclamation mark. I don't think I would have caught the L O. I don't think I would have caught the all caps and the exclamation mark if, if you know just eloquence was reading that out to me. No, you wouldn't. And there's a lot that gets missed through audio. You're absolutely right. Uh, my my biggest problem with Braille is the fact that it doesn't work for the majority of our community. Yeah, this is true. And, um, it, and it's not just a matter like of training. Elitist. Some of it is a matter of training and prioritization, but it's not just that. It's that literally Braille doesn't work for the majority of our community. And we have a very small number of blind people, as it is totally blind people, who Braille is actually useful for. Uh, if you have yeah. low vision, you certainly can make use of Braille, but it's not likely. I haven't seen too many low vision people who, even if they have the chance to learn Braille, they're not necessarily using it. And uh, so, you know, our, our numbers are limited, and out of the numbers yeah. that can possibly use Braille, 
the numbers that do use Braille, have access to Braille, can afford Braille, can actually read Braille, right. all of those factors is so low. And the cost of Braille displays, you know, you you buy this Orbit or whatever, and this hardware that you know the I'm not just I'm not talking about the Braille part, but the rest of the hardware probably costs fifty bucks. Yeah, maybe a hundred, maybe two hundred. If I'm being generous, I yeah. mean that tablet, the Braille Note Touch was based off of is probably like a hundred dollar tablet. Yeah, you know. So when I think of of that, you know. I I I would like to see some innovation happening. Uh we did have like the uh what's that thing called the the uh the thing that you could read print tactily. What's that thing called? Um uh, the Opticon. It's getting late. Yeah, the Opticon. Used to have things like that. I mean, there's a lot of things that have come and go, but I want to see more innovation in the space and work being done to figure this problem out. We need better literacy. You're right. We need to be able to know what we're reading and you know, yeah. identify punctuation and things that, you know, bolded text and things that we just completely miss out on reading with yeah. speech most of the time. But I don't think Braille is it. You know, unless we can bring the cost down, unless we can somehow yeah. come up with Braille that is usable by people that have neuropathy. Yeah. Well, uh, that's the good thing about those orbits. Uh, yeah, yes and no. But I mean, there's, you know, if you just don't have the, like, Orbits don't do jumbo braille. We don't have jumbo braille braille displays. Yeah. And a lot of the times when someone has problems recognizing dots, it's not just, oh, can you feel a dot? It's can you distinguish from a bunch of tiny dots? Whereas something like a jumbo braille yeah. might make a huge difference for some people. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and but 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 that's a terrible solution. Why? Because it takes up so much so space. So much space, yeah. <laughs> Which is the problem with Braille anyhow. Like it is. It's a huge problem with Braille. Um yeah. so I, I don't I don't know. I, I don't come to this with a great solution to the problem except that I want innovative minds to come at this and figure something out and we can yeah. all work together to figure something out. But all we keep doing is pushing this this narrative of Braille is so important and we need Braille and we just fail to recognize that, well, for the majority of our community, Braille just doesn't work. And a company kind of has to figure out how how much of an effort do they put into prioritizing resources. And especially when, when their company is a manufacturer of things like Braille displays and multi-line Braille displays, if you're putting in all that innovation into it and you're putting all that hard work into it, you know, and that R and D and the research and the, yeah. it, all that stuff into it. At the end of the day, how many people are going to buy it? And because such low numbers buy it, that's why the cost is so high. So, how do we figure out a way to subsidize that? Yeah. And the companies and the, still earn back right. what they've made, and maybe even make yeah. a profit, since that's what businesses are in business to right. do. Right. And the way our rehab system, I don't think, is the best answer to that. Like, no. <laughs> No, I yeah, don't think so either. Yeah, it, and it's hard because, like, I really value Braille personally. But I totally see what you're saying of, like, yeah. I, and I think if it were to be able to work for more people, more people would probably have, like, higher quality of life. But you're right. All those barriers are there. And I don't really see a way around it. Harshid, should we ask Elon Musk? Well, let me tell you, we need <laughs> an Elon Musk of blind people. We, we yeah we, 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 we need the innovation we are i i am 
like my brain is about 30 years ahead or more of where we're actually at like this idea of cane replacements sorry but the cane should have been replaced 30 years ago you know or maybe not replaced but we need better options you know braille the same thing like we need other solutions that actually work for people yeah and uh yeah we need an elon musk of blind people for sure 100 and and maybe it is elon i don't know if you want to reach out to him harshid (laughs) tell him to come on blind tech adventures maybe he can put his mind to the problem and help us out Hey, we, we'd be having. We'd, we'd be get glad like to have we'd, him on. we'd get like ten thousand times more views on that Absolutely. one. Absolutely, we'd, we'd be glad to have him on. You know, <laughs> well, sure. You know, yeah, why not? Yeah, and I mean, it's it's hard because how do you like? I think we're in a position where I I think we do kind of need to push Braille as the option that exists now because I think it is the option that's here and i think it's a pathway that a lot you know if more people could get funding for braille displays or whatever like or we could find some way to tackle that problem like i agree that it helps but you said yourself when you use a computer you don't use a braille display I mean, it depends on how productive I want to be. If I'm oh, just, but a lot of people using braille displays, they're not even using a braille display for a lot of what they do. Yeah, they're still relying it's, on speech. Why? Because speech is more efficient than braille. In 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 many cases, it's faster. Uh, it doesn't give you as much, but it's more. Yeah, it is a lot faster. And no matter how fast you read in braille, if you train yourself, you can recognize speech a lot faster. Yes. Uh, most people, I would say not everyone. Some people definitely need that slower speech or have yeah. problems comprehending it. But, I mean, I can understand speech at four, five, six hundred words per minute. I can tell you I don't read Braille that fast. No, I don't. The fastest Braille readers I know, which is way faster than me, are like in the 300-word-a-minute range. And yeah. I – that boggles my mind for one thing. But, like, yeah. <laughs> <coughs> I mean, it's true. But – you know, when I'm like when I'm actually trying to get stuff done, it's so much easier when I and I, I can't even put my finger on why. Like um, you know, when I worked my tech support job, the days when I forgot to connect my braille display to my computer were a lot harder. Like they, they just were. And it's because a lot of people they don't realize it, but they need to see things spatially and visually and you know, you are reading and you're active you know, you're doing something. You're at other than just sitting passively and listening. Yeah. And and that is powerful. I mean, you're right that it does feel a lot more natural to do whatever, but it is also you're not having a Braille display or just using speech is a lot faster. Sure. Um, but, but pairing the two together and you know, going to the yeah. Braille display occasionally, like that doesn't really slow down the speech part, but, but I hear what you're saying and I don't think you're wrong. And, but it's just hard in like how do we promote the solutions we have now while still being innovative and i think that's something the blind community struggles with in general of like yeah and our community doesn't really see a need for better solutions yeah you know people when i say cane replacement people (laughs) scream and yell and don't absolutely don't rip this cane out of my hand yeah. Or I will kill you type thing like absolutely no braille is the answer 100% we need braille and I just, we just we aren't really thinking of all the people that this system doesn't work for. Yeah, there there are a lot of people it doesn't work for. But you know, I think but, of braille signs in buildings, and like, how many people don't know braille, so they don't know what restroom to go into? Yeah, 
Yeah. So the raised I mean, print it, helps where that exists, although that's I haven't seen as much of that lately, but Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's a problem. It is a problem. And I think I think dealing with it requires a kind of nuance that I've not seen a lot in the blind community of, yes, this is the solution we have now, so let's push it where we can because it works, it's good at what it's good at, but at the same time, like, recognize the limitations. And that's how I feel about my cane. I go a lot of places with my cane, but it's like, but it's like, and and newly blind people, I really push them to get trained on it. But like, but like, is there, could there be a better way? Absolutely. And so, like, how come you can't have both of those concepts in your head at the same time? Yep. Anyway, uh, we're glad <laughs> to have been here. Yeah. Uh, I love how whenever you go to your keyboard, I'm like, I should look at new comments, too. Oh, we have new comments. appreciation for I mean, this channel regularly, as well as for demoing several gadgets and apps. Thank you, Ted Rose. Appreciate it. Harsha, tweet it. I don't have Twitter. <laughs> I need to get a well, Twitter. Well, I do have a Twitter. I, I mean, I suppose I could tweet him. I don't see Elon paying much attention to some person he's never heard of, but <laughs> uh, who knows? Maybe, you know, maybe worth a shot. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, uh, but yeah, we do need someone. What do you think's the closest to that we've had in the blind world? I don't. I don't know. You know what we keep having is people trying to reinnovate the same thing. We keep having people doing smart canes. We keep having people wanting to do multi-line braille displays, uh-huh. and and doing it badly. All of them yeah. have done it badly, and not just because of the cost, but literally like we have this new uh, APH thing, but it can't really be used as a braille display for an actual computer. I think. Um, or maybe I'm thinking of the Canute. I don't know. One of them can't be used as a Braille display for an actual computer. One of them can, but it's only like one line of text at the very bottom or something. It's not the actual yeah, multi-line <laughs> part of it. Um, like there's, there's a lot of limitations to these things. But anyway, that's what I keep seeing work on. It's like, let's re-innovate the same thing because this is what blind people need and not really do, like Lookout you know, or, or apps like it. How many apps do we have like Seeing AI and Lookout yeah, and, and Vision yeah. and this and that? Like There's so many that keep coming out. And guess what? They all pretty much do the same thing. Yeah. But we don't see much space in the I want to explore my environment type thing. I want to know everything that's around me as much as you can give me so my brain can filter it out. Yeah. Uh, I want a better navigation solution. I that doesn't want involve more focus. just guiding me somewhere. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. You know, I want more focus on uh, you know, apps that emulate the voice or do something different in that space. Uh where you know, they're they're actually giving you more information about the environment, uh, better solutions for doing things like shopping independently that don't require a human being, yep. uh, solutions with these apps for reading arrows on signs like uh, in an airport or, you know, finding the lines, the pathways, paths yeah. of travel. There's a lot of things I would love to see. And yet, we keep doing the same thing over and over. We keep seeing this. Oh, indoor navigation is another one. We keep seeing apps come along. We're going to make it so you can navigate. And then, like, three years in, and I see, oh, we added the lighthouse in Florida to this list of <laughs> five places that you can now navigate to indoors. Like, yeah, cool. it's pretty sad. Cool. I'm glad. <laughs> that doesn't impact me or you. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> 
Anyway, yeah, thank you all for, for joining us. It's been a fun broadcast. Kurt, yeah. thank you very much. Uh, definitely check yeah. out that Tonal Braille. Give them feedback. Send it along through the Play Store. Uh, and that is that. So yeah. If you have any questions, email us. Email at blindtechadventures.com. We also have the new mailing list as well you can subscribe to. And uh, the link to that is uh, it's on Google Groups. So just you can go to Google Groups, search for Blind Tech Adventures. But otherwise, uh, you can send an email to Blind Tech Adventures plus subscribe. The, the plus sign, don't write it out. <laughs> Blind Tech Adventures plus subscribe at googlegroups.com. You can just send a blank email and then respond to the confirmation email that you could send. And that is that. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you Thank next you. week. Bye, so Kurt. You have a, so next week, I'm going to show Discord. I know I've had a couple people want to show that, so that's I'm going to do that next week. Cool. Cool. Um, yeah, if we we'll have fun with uh, Discord. Yet. <laughs> yeah. Get, get ready for the Discord. We're going to have a good time. Yeah. All right. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Take care, everybody.